Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Father, thank you for this awesome privilege to be able to be with Chicago Tabernacle on this first Sunday of the year. I commit Pastor L, Pastor Christine into your hand, Lord. Right now, bless them wherever they are. Lord, you know where they are. And so, Father, we speak your anointing and blessing that, that you will continue to recreate in them. And as they return back, Lord, they will return in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I pray for the team that is here running the church during this few months and the months ahead. Lord, I ask that your hand will also be upon them. You will grant them strategic insight and that you will grant them revelation so that by the time Pastor L comes back, he will be awestruck by what you have done in and through them. I thank you, Lord, for this congregation. Thank you, Lord, for every man and woman in this house. Those that are here on site as well as those that are on digital space. I pray, Spirit of God, that you will touch each and every one of them. Anoint this time, Lord. I commit this service into your hand. And Father, I thank you that it will not be the words of man, but may every word that proceeds from my mouth be an oracle from the throne room of heaven, from Papa God through His people. So Father, thank you for that which you accomplished for your name's sake at the close of this service. In Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen. Come on, give Jesus another big, big hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it's, you know, it's throughout this whole coronavirus, this last two years, there's been a lot of going back and forth. Governments around the world are still trying to find ways to deal with the, the virus. I know here in the stateside, you guys are also looking at ways to deal with, with Omicron. And right now, the word is Omicron. I wish they named it Omega. Then I know we're at the end. But since they just since they call it Omicron, sounds like a Transformer movie. <laughs> yeah, there may be a virus called Omicron, but listen here, church. The one whom we worship, I know, he is omnipotent. Amen. Jesus is omnipotent. All powerful over an Omicron. Jesus is omniscient. Amen. So he's all knowing. And most of all, Jesus is omnipresence. He's present everywhere. So I thank God that while it is Omicron, the one whom we worship is better than that. Amen. And so, you know, I've been coming back and forth the United States since July. And every month, um, you know, since, since July, August, September, those three months, when I come to the US, I return back to Singapore, I have to do a 14 days quarantine in a hotel room, staying in a little room all by myself. And, uh, you know, I found, it, I, I found it pretty good as well because it was like a spiritual retreat for me. So I don't have to go on a sabbatical. I have my own sabbatical. <laughs> so that's been helpful. But coming back and, you know, coming into the U.S. from July, August, every month I come in two times. And, uh, you know, I've been watching the trends that is happening around the different churches, uh, you know, in, in the California area and the... in. Ohio, uh, right up here in the New York City area. And so as I travel around this, the state side, uh, you know, I, no I noticed that 
different churches respond differently to this whole coronavirus. And then I do want to encourage those of you on digital space right now. So I'm speaking to you. You guys can take a break for a moment. Just take a, take a short nap. Let me speak to the guys on digital space. If you can come to church, you should. There is nothing like coming together for a corporate experience of worship. It is a different. Yeah, because, you know, I salute you for those of you online. It takes a lot of effort, a lot of discipline, uh, you know, because there's a lot of distraction. The refrigerator is distracting you. Pastor Pillow and Sister Blanket is calling you. So I understand the discipline it takes to be online. But you know what? Come and join us here uh, every week if, when you can because I believe this corporate experience is a powerful experience. Do you know just by coming to church, it is already discipleship in the making? Yeah, because you got to get up earlier. Get the kids ready. I mean, it's like hurtling cats on a hot tin roof. And, 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 you know, it's, and so it takes a lot of discipline just to come to church. But coming to church is already discipleship in action. So I want to commend you guys for being on site. Thank you for your discipleship in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Today I want to bring a word very quickly with the time that I have. You know, I almost couldn't make it because uh, my plane uh, was cancelled yesterday as I arrived all the way from Singapore and I was stunned, had to stay a night in New York City and then I was praying so hard today that the plane would take off at 6 a.m. in the morning or else I will miss church this morning. So by God's grace, I'm here. And so I'm here not to deliver... Yeah. I'm here not to deliver what I want to say, but I'm here to deliver what God wants to say to each and every one of you. And I know I'm not here to soothe you, but I'm here to provoke you into spiritual action. And I want to entitle my, my sharing this morning, Align for Assignment. God is wanting to align Chicago Tabernacle so that you and I can step into the assignments of God for this year of 2022. And I have a word that is burning upon my heart as I've been seeking the Lord. And then on the flight here, the, the, the 19 hours flight here from Singapore, the Lord really took me through this experience. And I want to read Ezekiel chapter 37 to us. And so let's open our Bibles to Ezekiel 37. And I believe God has this word right now for you guys. So listen very carefully. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the words of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendon to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And so I prophesy as I was commanded. 
And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, and there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into this slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They said, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and said to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh my people, I'm going to open your grave and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. And when I open your grave and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and have done it, declares the Lord. Amen. Father, bless the reading of your word. Amen. I want to encourage you to take this week to just meditate on this, uh, this 18 verses of Ezekiel chapter 37. I know for the prayer meeting that's coming up on Tuesday, I'll be sharing a very different direction. Uh, however, I would like you to kind of meditate on this word because I believe that when you take time to just chew on the word of God, that as you do so, the nuggets of God's truth will prevail in your life and the prophetic word will come to pass in your life. Let me very quickly give a historical context to the scripture that we have just read. In 597 BC, the armies of Babylon actually came and they forced the collapse of this city of Jerusalem. And as a result of the collapse of Jerusalem, they actually seized the, the leadership and they actually brought them into Babylon. So this is found in 2 Kings chapter 24. 10 years later, 10 years later, Jerusalem rose up again and rebelled against the Babylonic uh, leadership of the nation. And once again, Babylon came and raised Jerusalem to the ground destroyed the temple and this time deported all the leaders in Judah. So as a result, this second wave of the leadership were now taken into exile and they, were, they became slaves. Now among the first wave is this guy called Ezekiel and, and therefore God at that point in time you know, called him to become the prophet to the, to the people of God in Babylon. And so this is where the setting that we have at this point in time. And as a result of the people crying before God, as a result of the people going through the suffering, because when they were taken out from Israel and put into Babylon, a lot of these this Israelites lost their identity. They lost uh, not only their identity, but they lost their culture. In fact, in the first wave, if you read 2 Kings chapter 24, you will read that the first wave of deportees actually got, was so well integrated into the Babylonian culture that they almost became Babylonian. 
And so this, this describes for us a scenario of people around the world today, Christians I'm talking about, Christians that have been so impacted by the Babylon of our soul. Satan has a way to come in and creeps into our life and he begins to take away the Christian culture in our life. Now, I'm not against technology. We are for technology. I just want you to know, uh, I mean, we have our broadcast TV. We have just, uh, sometime this year, we'll be launching our internet radio program. And so we are into the whole technology. But you know what? While technology is amoral, Technology also has a way to de-Christianize us. Now, let me help, help you understand. Once, many, many years ago, pre-COVID, we all come to church, isn't it? And we had to come to church early because to be early is to be on time. <laughs> to be on time is to be late. Yeah. So we all try to be early. So we, we will be early so that we'll be on time. But because of the coronavirus, the church of Jesus Christ now has taken on to technology. And we learn to stream, we learn to do stuff on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, you know, what, whatever, whatever uh, technology we're using. And as a result of that, you will see a consumeristic and a convenient mentality creep into the church. That's the invasion of the Babylonic world. Yeah, think about it. It's, it's precisely that. And so, we, and so when we were not able to have church, in fact, Trinity Christian Centre in Singapore, we were the last mega church to hold our on-site service because the Ministry of Health in Singapore came and told us, this is your last Sunday to have on-site. In fact, when the coronavirus hit, many of the churches immediately went online. Some shut down for a few weeks and then they start up service online. But we continue to have on-site. And I told the church, let's continue to have on-site because that's, we, we've got to be the last bastion standing. And so we were like the last Mohicans. You know, we were there right to the end. Uh, and so we continued there and then we were shut down and so we went online. Initially, when we went online, it was quite exciting because, you know, uh, we could see the, the viewership, we could, we could study the, 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 the characteristics of people coming online, and that was great. But I noticed something, because I said to, to the church, and this, this was actually written as well, because that first week that was online, I was not in Singapore, I was actually overseas, and... Um, when, when, when I saw the church went online, my heart broke. I cried in my hotel room. I meant I was in tears, buckets, because suddenly the house of God lay in ruins. It was empty. The church was empty. And then when I was able to come back to, to, the, to, to our grounds and I walked the ground, and when I walked into the sanctuary, it was empty. It was, a, it was an eerie feeling of desolation. And then I noticed the online crowd, you know, week after week, I started noticing the attendance 
And then I also noticed a few things. Initially, we were all early on online. We would turn on, put it on the bigger screen. We would be dressed up because we tell the folks, dressed up at least, you know, as if you're coming to church to watch. And so they were all dressed up. But then we discovered that as the weeks went by, now without having to travel, they are still late for church. <laughs> And then, you know, and, and then we paid some surprise visits to people and discovered they were watching in their pajamas. Because now you can just roll off bed, turn on the, the, your, your iPad and watch. And so we, you see the degeneration. I, I'm not speaking about you guys on the digital space. If it is, well, God provoke you. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? You could see how the Babylonic system and culture begin to take a root and it de-Christianized you to a place where you lose the passion for God and you, and you come to a place of apathy. You come to the place where you lose your Christian conviction. Yeah. And so you read here in Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 11 when it says, our bones are dried up. Can you imagine for them to say our bones are dry? Which means they've been in this system to a point where they're losing themselves. And they said our hope is gone and we are cut off. So against this backdrop and against the coronavirus that is still permeating uh, in our world today, that is pervasive in our world today, even in the United States of America, when I see the cases rising, against all this, and against the financial system that is going back and forth. I sense God is saying to Chicago Tabernacle that this is the time of restoration so that CT can be aligned for God's assignment. I want you to hear that again in case you missed it. I sense in my heart that God is restoring you back. And when, you know, the word restore in a lot of our mind is restoring you back to your former state. Correct, huh? The word, in English dictionary, that's what restore means. But in biblical definition, restore is never the same because every time God restores, He restores you to a better glory, a latter glory, not a former glory. And so I sense God is wanting to do a work right now in this year of 2022, despite all that is happening against the environment and the backdrop, God is restoring you so that you can be aligned for His assignment. So are you ready to be aligned for His assignment? Number one, this alignment begins with posture. It begin, you know, the scripture tells us in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me. There was the posture of Ezekiel that is very important as you head into your 21 days fast. It is important to begin with the right posture because the right posture sets you into the place of alignment. It is a posture for an encounter. You gotta have that posture for an encounter. You see, the encounter of the Lord reveals the condition of your heart. Every encounter with God reveals your condition. But in order for that encounter to take place, 
you got to have a heart. You see, Ezekiel was quite close to God because Ezekiel chapter 35, 36, you see him prophesying, which means he was very close to God. He was hearing from God. He was postured rightly and therefore he could have the message of God. And because he was postured rightly to hear God, the condition of his heart is that there is spiritual intimacy. And that is why out of that spiritual intimacy, he had a transportation of God. And I sense God is wanting to meet you guys in this 21 days fast. So get ready for some of you. In fact, for about a number of you, God is going to put his hand on you and you are going to experience dreams and vision like you have never had before. You're going to move and activate you into the place of prophecy and you know for some of us it's like hearing God's voice sounds eerie you know it's like abnormal but you know what as a result of this 21 days fast in this year of 2022 you are activated because it's gonna because the condition of your heart matters that's why this 21 days fast is so important it's a posture for an encounter because the portion not only reveals the condition of what really matters, but it also reveals the desperateness of your heart. How desperate are you for Jesus? How desperate? If you're truly desperate, then the miracle comes. I was interviewed maybe about five years ago by Charisma Magazine. And they interviewed me and they asked me this question. Why is it that in modern America, we are not seeing the miracles that you guys are seeing in Asia? And I said to them, why? Maybe because in Asia, we're really desperate. <laughs> Financially, you know, in a lot of the Asian countries, we're not first world nation. Singapore is a first world nation, but other of the other countries in Asia, we're not a first world country. So because we're a third world country or an emerging nation, there is a lot of desperation because we don't have the richness, the material wealth. And so we really had to be desperate on our knees for God. So if you truly want to see God's hand on you, then get your posture right for what really matters. But number two, that desperation. We've got to have a godly desperation. You've got to really be desperate for Jesus. I use this illustration. I know it's not the best illustration, but this is the illustration that comes to my mind. Because before I came to know Jesus Christ, I was a drug addict and I was pushing drugs. And I could tell you, you know, I, when, when the time for my fix comes, I will be so desperate for the fix. How many of you understand what I'm saying? You know, don't raise your hands, you know. Because <laughs> the person sitting beside you may not know your past. <laughs> but every one of us have a past, isn't it? Yeah. And I was so desperate for my fix. And out of that desperation for that fix, it drives you to do desperate stuff. Like stealing, robbing. Do you understand what I'm saying? But this is the negative side of desperation that shows an action because when you're truly desperate for God, it will lead you to the altar of God. So have an alignment and the alignment begins with a posture. See, the encounter reveals God's grace because Ezekiel was really pressing in for God 
as he was prophesying to the nation, then the hand of God came. The hand of God represents the grace of God. When you have a right posture before God, the grace of God is right there. You understand what I'm saying? If you're not postured, then that grace ain't gonna be there. But when you are postured rightly, that grace comes. So the 21 days fast is actually part of teaching you to get into the posture for an encounter. Number two, it is a, it is a posture with expectation. When you posture before God, there is a sense of expectation. There must be the expectation that will open the door to an encounter. You see, you don't just pray and fast because your leaders ask you to go pray and fast. Yeah. The call to fast is very important. But that call to fast is something that you must take with the sense of anticipation. Don't get into a fast without a sense of expectation. When you fast, have an expectation. You fast not because you need to hear God's voice. You fast so that the power of God can flow through you. And God's power is about to flow through you, but you must expect that power to come. So have that expectation. Because the expectation is a catalyst to a miracle. And many of us need a miracle. The right posture will lead you to the expectation. And then, then the, when we talk about posture, it's also a posture towards engagement. There's a posture towards engagement. As you posture yourself before God, God reveals what is in your heart. God then caused expectation to come forth. Then it leads you to as an engagement with God. An engagement with God means that God will take you and put you into a certain place. And that was what exactly happened in Ezekiel because he was posture before God. Therefore, the hand of God came, took him and set him in the middle of a valley because God was wanting him to engage that valley. And in the same way, when you begin this posture of praying and fasting, listen here, church, God will take you and place you in the middle of the valley of your household. God will take you and place you in the valley of your community. God may take you and place you in the valley of the institution or the work environment because there's something that God needs you to do. Because you become God's miracle for the community, for the institution, for the business, and for your household. So you are at a point, let me say here, prophetically speaking, you are at a point where you either tip the scale for eternity or you lose the scale that the enemy will then come over. So church, listen very carefully. So alignment begins with posture. So when God restores, get into the alignment and that begins with posture. Number two,
God's question will also determine your alignment. God asked Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? It's an interesting question. Years ago in Trinity, uh, somewhere in 2006 or so, I preached a series of sermons on the questions of God. And when God asks us questions, God has a very good reason for asking those questions. Let me tell you. You know, the first time I read in Genesis and God asked, uh, God asked Adam, Adam, where are you? In Genesis chapter 3. How many of you remember that story? And I read that, I said to God, what a stupid question. And the reason why I, was, I said that to the Lord was, I said to God, God, if you are God, you should know all things, right? Yeah, right? So why did he ask such a stupid question? Then God smacked me on the head. Pew, stupid son. <laughs> you see, when God asks us questions, He asks them so that it helps us know where we are. Like when He asked Adam, Adam, where are you? It is not because God didn't know the geographical location. No, but God wanted Adam to realize how far he has been from God. In the same way, when God asked Ezekiel, can these bones live? God was asking Ezekiel so that Ezekiel will know where he is in this valley of dry bones. Actually, I don't like Ezekiel's answer. <laughs> Humanly speaking, what a cop-up. Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Now, we'll come to that in a moment's time. But that question reveals a lot about Ezekiel in his condition of his heart. It reveals to Ezekiel so that it helps Ezekiel know where he is. The ability to have self-criticism of knowing where I am so that I can get to where God wants us to. You see, God's question, number one, reveals to us where we are, but number two, God's question also takes us to where He wants us to be. And the way when God asks the question, it's really for us to come to the place of acknowledgement. We acknowledge that God is the key to divine exchange. The moment Ezekiel can acknowledge this is dry bones, that acknowledgement is the first step for a divine exchange to take place. If you don't even know you are lost, <laughs> you don't think you are lost. But when you know you are lost, that begins the discovery of finding where you are and how you need to get to where you want to be. Do you understand what I'm saying? So acknowledgement is the first key. Acknowledgement is also the end of striving and death. When you are able to acknowledge you, what is happening in your life right now, you are actually bringing to the end. You are actually closing the door to your financial woes. You are closing the door to your, your medical situation. In the month of October, while I was in New York, I came to, um, 
I went to I went to Pebble Beach to raise funds for a American 501c3 organization, and um, over a, over a one evening we raised over two million dollars, and um, and we, just, we we raised it over one night just playing golf, and 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 it was just wonderful. And so I left I left Pebble Beach to New, to New York City to preach for a church there, and then they uh, they decided to take me out to play golf. And I enjoy golf because golf is a godly game. Yeah. G-O-L-F, right? Golf, God, our loving Father. Yeah. <laughs> now Pastor L has learned to play golf. <laughs> and so while we went out to golf on that Saturday morning, it was raining horribly. And I found out when I get to the golf course and when we decided to tee off that Americans don't play golf in the rain. It's only crazy Asians that do that. <laughs> because, because I was playing with three Koreans and behind me were two flights of Asians that were also golfing. Yeah. The, the marshal came and told us that we are to keep the, the buggy on the, on the road never going onto the fairway. But, you know, golfers being golfers, they break the rules, you know. They take rules as suggestion. So, right about the six holes or so, I was on this buggy and um, I wasn't on a buggy. The older gentleman that I was playing with, he was my buggy mate, uh, I was the driver for, the, for that buggy and he kind of drove it onto the fairway and it was sitting about 9, 10 feet high from the road side. If you come down to the, to the fairway, it will maybe be about a 3, 4 feet drop. And so I, after I hit my ball, I discovered he was sitting there and so I went up to move the buggy. And as I moved the buggy, the buggy flipped. Yeah, I, I have the videos. <laughs> yeah. I took nice videos and, and pictures because the buggy flipped and I was in a buggy with this older gentleman and it flipped nine, nine, ten feet onto the road. And so the emergency medical services came, the police came, everybody came. <laughs> By God's grace, I was fine. But you know what? I was, I was in a lot of pain. I was, I couldn't even get up uh, I thought I busted my spine, to be very honest. And that was the 23rd of October last year. So it's just a a couple of months, but I'm okay now. (laughs) Uh, When I was lying in in a hospital, going through the CT scan and going through the whole medical facilities in the stateside, I was lying there and you must understand, October is my birthday month. And for the last, I, I, I've been in a ministry since 1985, July 1st, 1985. So you do your math, how many years I've been serving the Lord. In all my years of serving the Lord since 1985, every October, I give the whole month to mission. I don't see my family and, and most I fly back for a day but I'm away the whole month. 
And I said to the Lord, while I was lying there in pain, and I was given three dosage of morphine, and I was still hurting. My threshold for pain is very, very high, but I was still hurting. Yeah, and even though I was hurting, I wasn't crying out like, ah, you know. I was one of those that would still do this, you know. Uh, so that the people around will not feel bad, right? You, you understand what I'm saying? I don't want them to feel bad. I don't want the pastors to feel terrible that, you know, an accident has happened. But on the inside, there is internal convulsion. I was questioning God. God, in all these years that I serve you, why is this happening to me? I'm, I'm really, really upset with God. Uh, and, and I came to the place where I started I stopped complaining and I began to come to the place of acknowledgement. And the moment I acknowledged myself as a servant of God and Lord, if this is what it means for you to exhibit your resurrection power in my life, let it be. And from that moment forth, do you know I was able to get to preach the next day in that church? Yeah. Even though I was on a wheelchair, they wheeled me out and then I had to stand on stage and for the first time in my life, I preached without moving. Like a pretty good Korean preacher. You know. And then I shuffled myself back backstage. But within, within four weeks, six weeks, I, yeah, within four weeks, I flew back to the stateside and, had, and went to a golf school in Phoenix. It shows that the acknowledgement when God asks the question, why does this happen to you? And you are able to say, Lord, if it's you needing to work your power through me. See, that place of acknowledgement is a place where you put a period to that moment in life and it opens a new page to that which God can do through you. So I do not know what you're going through today. But I'm saying to you right now, God is asking you a question. Can these bones live? Can the situation in your life that has come to a place where you feel you're so dry because you notice it is not just bones, but it's dry bones. That, that means it's been dead for a long, long time. It means there is no way to resurrect. So if you are in a situation that you cannot resurrect, in a situation that humanly you know it's impossible for it to be overturned, and God is asking you the question right now, can these bones live? The moment you acknowledge the Lord, I'm but your servant and if it's this that I have to go through that your resurrection power has to be revealed, let it be. That moment, that's the moment you put a period. That's the moment you close the chapter. That's the moment you open a new chapter to what God wants you to do. Because you see, God's question, like I mentioned earlier, will take you from where you are to where He wants you to be. From dry bones to a mighty army. From weakness to strength. From a walking dead to a fool of the Spirit. To a place of hopelessness. From a place of hopelessness to a place of abundance. From a place of emptiness to a place of fruitfulness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This revelation of what the dry bones is, is so important. Because the dry bones represents, number one, the sin that has destroyed you. It represents the neglect that has decayed you. 
It represents the self-centeredness that has isolated you. It represents the death of faith and a hope that is lost. And if all this is what I've described of you, then this 21 days fast becomes so important because God is going to take the representation of that dry bones in your life. And God is going to turn it around through a work of restoration because God needs to align you for His assignment. When God takes you to the place of revelation, when God takes you to the place of revelation, know that in that place of revelation is an aligned decision that you have to make. When, when Ezekiel recognized it is a valley of dry bones, the revelation then caused him to hear what God is saying and God is saying to him, prophesy, O son of man, prophesy to these bones. Could you imagine if I was Ezekiel staring at dry bones, I'm going to say to God, don't waste my time. It's so dry and I mean, it's so dry that it's brittle. How can life come into that? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? In that revelation is a aligned decision that you need to make. In that revelation, the moment you can recognize what that dry bones represent, then you have a very important decision to make because that decision aligns you into God's direction. So God says to him, prophesy to the dry bones, speak life and not death. Prophesy to the dry bones means you speak abundance and not poverty. See, a lot of us, we will continue to talk about the dry bones and the dry bones and you can talk about it from this week to next week to the, to the whole month of January. But I think we have to come to the place of acknowledgement what the dry bones, and then receive the revelation of what the dry bones is so that God can take you to where He wants you to go and then begin to speak the opposite. Speak life instead of death. Speak abundance instead of poverty. Speak truth instead of fact. How many of you know there's a big difference between a fact and a truth? The fact is that you may have no money. That's a fact, isn't it? But what's the truth? The truth is God is still Jehovah Jireh, your provider. The fact is that I have... I, I busted all of my back muscle. That's the fact. But what's the truth? The truth is God is my healer. So we've got to begin to speak differently. Because what prophesy means to speak. So in this 21 days of fasting, change your language. Change your language. Speak faith and not fear. Everybody's speaking about Omicron, Omicron. And I'm speaking about omnipotent. <laughs> Everybody's speaking about Omicron and I'm speaking about omniscient. Everybody's speaking about Omicron and I'm talking about omnipresent. Because I'm talking about Jesus. And I want to talk about Jesus because when I talk about Jesus, my faith soars. But when I keep concentrating on coronavirus, man, I get frightened by what it is doing. As I close right now, when I talk about speaking, 
It's about confession, isn't it? There is alignment through our confession. And I'll close with this. There's alignment through our confession because firstly, confession brings possession. Confession brings possession. Now, I'm not talking about the name it, claim it group of people. But it doesn't mean because of that bad theology, we throw out this truth. Because this is a truth in the scripture. What did Paul write in Romans? If you confess Jesus as Lord, if you confess Jesus, which is confession, then what is the rest of the verse say? You shall be saved. What's that? Possession. If you confess Christ, you possess salvation. Isn't, is that not a truth? So there's nothing really wrong with confession theology. But we don't take it to the extreme of saying, I want a Maserati. I want a Corvette. The Corvette is mine. Hey, listen, you can confess the Corvette or the Maserati for the next 22 years. Ain't gonna happen. But you need to be aligned into God's assignment. And when you align into God's assignment, then you know what you're confessing. When you confess Him, you will possess Him. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it, those who love it, will eat of its fruit. If you love the confession of life, you will eat of the fruits of life. If you, conf if you confessed death, then you will eat the fruits of death. So be careful. That's why I, I, I think this 21 days of prayer and fasting is so powerful because you're fasting and you're praying to God. Praying is talking to God. So in a fasting time, you're speaking, you're prophesying and that which you confessed, you will possess. But number two, your confession is going to build your faith. Matthew chapter 12, verse 37. Matthew 12, 37. And this is what Jesus says. We need, to, we need to preach a lot more what Jesus says. Jesus says, For by your words, you will be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned. By your words, you will be acquitted. Acquitted means set free. Acquitted means no longer guilty. So by your words, you are either freed by faith or by your words. Fear begins to strip you of faith. So as we prepare ourselves right now to come before the Lord, I don't know where you are, but I believe this word restoration is very important for this church this year. I also believe that because of restoration, the alignment, getting you guys aligned, which is what this 21-day fast is all about. The 21-day fast is to align you so that God can restore you for His assignment. God has assignment in store for every one of you, which means God has a plan for you. You're not safe here just to play church. You are safe here to be the church. That's God's assignment. So let's all stand.
as we come before God, the last six minutes, I want to give you this opportunity to come before God and find a place of prayer and the pastors and the leaders, the intercessors are here to pray with you. If you need ministry, you come. Because I want to, I want to believe with you that as you come to this place, you're going to acknowledge certain things. And the acknowledgement is that place of divine exchange with God so that you can put a period to whatever it is and allow an open door into that which God has for you. Amen.